Well, good morning, Oakwood. Glad that you're here this morning with us. This is a, a special day because uh, we're going to have a kind of a special uh, presentation uh, during the message time this morning. We actually have a uh, guest speaker uh, who's coming today from the Philippines. We flew him over from the Philippines uh, this morning to be here. Well, no, not really. So, I uh, know, but you're going to get to hear uh, this morning from uh, Paul Wilson. He is our missionary uh, to the Philippines. Uh, him and his wife Mary do a great, great work there. Been a long part, long time part of Oakwood for many, many years. And so we're going to get to just kind of talk this morning to bring you not only up to speed on what's going on with his his ministry and the mission um, there, but uh, also how we can be involved in it. So let's give a warm Oakwood welcome to Paul Wilson, please. Good morning. Good, good to see you, sir. We don't get to do this very often, you know? So, as you're so long ago and far away over in the Philippines, you know, but it's always cool to think about that, you know, we're doing this here, but they're also having church. You're a different time zone, but having church over there. Um, you know, it's been a few, uh, you know, a few months, I guess, almost a year and a half since you've been with us, and um, I, I know that, like, some of us here feel like we know you, we stay connected to the ministry through your website, and we get the email updates that you sent out, like the newsletters and all that. But I, I wanted to, this morning, just kind of give you an opportunity to, to kind of catch us up, because we think, I think that most of us feel like, hey, yeah, we know what's going on with Paul and Mary, we know what's going on in the Philippines, but sometimes we don't. And then when we've been talking since you've been back, there's a lot that's changed over there. So I wanted you to kind of talk about, you know, what has changed, you know, politically with the country of the Philippines that makes ministry more of a challenge now than, than before. Yeah. Uh, you never realize a country can move so quickly one mm -hmm. way or another. You, you think a country's stable, but uh, in the last year, there's been more changes in the Philippines than I've seen uh, over 30 years. Mm -hmm. uh, historically, the Philippines was a friend of the West and very close, uh, you know, as far as a USA partner. Uh, now they are moving toward the East and uh, they are very much involved with China. In fact, more people are moving into the Philippines from China than any other country. They're oh, buying wow. businesses and all. In fact, uh, recently, one of the islands close to Palawan, next to us to the west, uh, China came in and it took over this island. Uh, was a kind of, they call it a shoal. Mm -hmm. And uh, they've now enlarged it to be four times bigger and put a major military landing strip there. And uh, the country has not done anything, and now they control a large portion of the sea lanes they never controlled before, uh, their presence, and the uh, whole Southeast Asia, the dynamics have changed. So uh, time, times have changed over there. And you have a new leader that's <laughs> yeah. been elected over there, but operates more as a dictator. Yeah. What, what's, what's going it's, on with that? Usually you have a dictator come in by a coup. Mm -hmm. uh, they, what I call, elected a dictator. In other words, he campaigned, said, if you elect me, I'm going to get rid of the drug problem in the Philippines. And they elected him, and he's killed 4,000 people or have been killed. Uh, I mean, just uh, the newspaper just full of people who are killed in big towns and the cities, and they just end up dead. Plus, there have been many others that they don't know why. Mysterious and, uh, deaths. No court, no trial, no jury, yeah. just they're dead. Yeah. And uh, so that has changed. 
Uh, and then, uh, you know, everybody's concerned about the Muslim situation. Uh, the Muslims took over a major city on the island next to us to the south. So China's to the west and, uh, you know, Muslims on the south. And uh, they uh, took over this city of 600,000 and uh, then they clear, declared martial law. So we have martial mm. law 100 miles from where we live. Wow. And uh, those people, refugees, dispersing different places. Uh, and so that has been a, a big change. But on the island where we live, uh, some of you that's been around us for many years, uh, we have what you call the NPA, New People's Army, which is a communist guerrilla group that's been fighting the government for years. Well, they have become very active uh, on Negros where we live. In fact, there was an ambush uh, next to one of our churches, Gilhonan, mm -hmm. and at Kawayan, and, uh, and I can't travel with the freedom and safety that I've had for 29 years. Mm. Uh, in fact, uh, just recently I was going to go visit a church at Kamandangan and a couple of churches up in the mountains, and the local pastor at the last city said, I don't think you need to go there. And I thought, well... He's just trying to be protective. So we went and talked to the head of the police department. And he says, uh, you, don't, should, you shouldn't go in that area at all. Wow. And uh, so four major things. You know, mm -hmm. the, the president, a, he is quite vocal. You never know what he's going to say. I think there's a similarity to something I've heard here. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and so the political situation has changed. And the MPA and the communists and the Muslims. And uh, so we... Uh, do more on leadership training mm -hmm. because I can't put up a banner and say, I'm coming to a revival. Right. Then, then all they, the bad people, also right. know. And so I usually go unannounced and visit a church and then encourage the pastor and pray or meet with the elders. Uh, but I don't do public meetings like uh, I have had that in the past. Yeah. So it's not near as safe there. They're not near as safe. And then that affects your ministry in a lot of different ways mm -hmm. because you can't go like you used to go. You can't go do what you used to do. So you're having to kind of develop a new strategy on how to do that. And a lot of that, like you said, comes around that, that piece of leadership development, you know, and, and leadership training. Now, I have always appreciated uh, Paul and, and Mary and Vision for Missions, their ministry philosophy. Because their ministry philosophy is, is different than some mission organizations. You know, the Great Commission, Matthew 28, Jesus gives Christians their, mar their marching orders, and he says to go into all the nations and make disciples. And I always thought growing up, you know, the, the, the theme of that verse, the, the, the mission is to go, to go. But actually, the mission is to make disciples. Well, how do you make disciples? You go, and then it says you baptize them, and then it says you teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And, that, and that's right there in uh, Matthew 28, 19, and 20. And so I know that you have taken that to heart because Paul's heart has always been to raise up Christian leaders, to plant churches, mm -hmm. to get you know, the ball rolling that direction. And so uh, tell us about things like you know, a lot of abbreviations here, VSL. Okay. What, what does that mean? What is VSL? What is TEE? Okay. Uh, talk about that a little bit. We've always had in churches what you call the formal training, like mm -hmm. Bible college. And that's where a few young men or women will go and be trained, and then they mm -hmm. go back. And we have uh, four students in a two-year training program. But what does that do for all the church members, the, the teachers and the, and the engineers and the doctors and the people in the church? Mm -hmm. They can't quit and go to Bible college. Right. So we have to train every local church, every member. 
Mm-hmm. And, and so everybody in the church is to be trained, not just a few in the Bible college. Right. And uh, so we, uh, we don't look at baptism as being the end. We don't go into the old world and baptize and quit. We right. go and we baptize, and that's just where we start. Start, right. And right. every person, after they're baptized, has to be starting in a training program, mm-hmm. equipping them, teaching them all the things of God. And so we have a, a great desire to take a person and move him higher. Mm-hmm. Wherever anybody is, we have to grow, be, grow yeah. and change. And, uh, and so we do a lot with printing ministry and teaching. So we yeah, have so the formal. What, what is it? What is this? This is, this is theological education by extension. But yes. what, you know, what, what, what is these training materials? Because I brought some of them up yeah. here just so you guys uh, can kind of see. We have um, uh, a print printing ministry, mm-hmm. and we print many, many books, uh, Christian Leadership, Christian Faith, Christian Life, Faith, Hope, and Love, Bible Survey, Christian Marriage, yes, Christian yeah. Marriage, and uh, so, but the trouble is, every time we do a book, we have to do it in three different languages, mm-hmm. so, so you give me a book, and we say, that would be helpful to the church, then we have to translate it in Alongo, then we have to translate it in Cebuano, then we have to print 300, some in English, mm-hmm. 200 in Alongo, 200 in Cebuano, and so every one of these books is really three books right. uh, that we have to teach. Uh, but we try to make it where any person, wherever they're at, we will then start training them to be a church leader. Because gotcha. God didn't call us to be spectators. Right, right. God called us to be participators in the right. kingdom of God. Exactly. And we've got to mobilize the church. Mm-hmm. We've got to train them and get them off their seat. Right. And, and, and in the trenches. We, we say here, get them off their donkey. Oh, okay. Yeah, get them off their donkey. But I'm passionate about that. Yeah. You know, we, everybody can be moved a little higher. Right. And, and to grow. Right. And so wherever they're at, if they are agnostic, we teach them about the truth. And then they become a Christian. And, and then they become a church leader. Then they can go start a new church. Right. And right. so it's a growth the, process. In the TEE, you know, theological education by extension, that sounds so almost American, you know, theological education. But you came up with something else that TEE means. Yeah, what what yeah, is that? I, I have a shirt over here. Will you bring me that shirt there on the front pew? Uh, this shirt's quite interesting. The uh-huh. church in Rogers had a, a person uh, that had 300... $55 golf shirts, and they sent them to the Philippines, and, and so we put on there a logo for TEE, is our church must be training leaders, and then the encouraging members, equipping the members, and then if you train leaders and equip the members, evangelism's going to happen, and uh, so TEE, we've changed it instead of theological education by extension, hey, what's that mean? We're right. saying, train leaders. Let's equip the members of the church so that they can evangelize nice the others. next brown guy. Right. In fact, we have another little uh, slogan here. Every church has a baby. <laughs> you know, and you know, when people get married, you have marriages here all the time. Mm-hmm. Usually not too long after marriage, there's a baby. Right. Well, you know what? Churches are also to have babies. And we go to a church that's been there 40 years and sit down with the pastor and we say, has this church had a baby? And then, or we go to a church that's brand new, and we, at the very beginning, says, where are you going to go start another church? So right. it's in what you call the DNA. Mm-hmm. Everybody has the to very be growing. Beginning, right. A Christian is expected <clears throat> to grow, and a church is expected to grow, mm-hmm. and God's interested in growth. Right. That's, that's, that's really neat. And I know that's, that's one of the things that dovetails into your uh, printing ministry, because I know when you talk about your printing ministry, 
in, in educating people, equipping members, equipping members is you're, you're also evangelizing through that, but you, you do VBS materials, you print these training books, you print Sunday school materials for, you know, a hundred churches, you're hoping to, to grow that. Talk a little bit about your printing ministry, because I know the way you do it now, to us, we would probably be like, wow, that's so antiquated, but yeah. you kind of have a vision for the future too, so talk a little yeah. bit about the yeah, printing years ministry. Years ago, the church here used to have a risograph machine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember they the risograph. It to us. Some of you uh, <clears throat> people here worked, and, and it's kind of a mimograph machine, very slow, and you print one side at a time. And so every page you run through twice. Mm -hmm. And VBS material, we may be running 10,000 of every sheet, and then you have to hit each side, and then you have to do all the materials for VBS, and then you have to then stop and do it in another language. Mm -hmm. and then every page has to be put on a table, and then you walk around that table picking up each sheet until you get a packet in a book. And we're forever walking around tables, and uh, that machine is kind of like a heart monitor. Mm. You know, you go to the hospital, you hear beep, beep, beep. Right. Our machine goes thump, thump, thump. Yeah. And we do that for months at a time, uh -huh. printing material. Right. And we're trying to now get it digital where we can print a button, and it prints and both prints. sides. Yeah, there's this thing called collate yes. that would, I think would really we, help I you. wish we'd have a <laughs> correlator. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's called a Filipino over there. Right. And... Uh, <laughs> We, we just do what we can, but now we have a machine that after we print it, it will put the glue and put it in a book form. Oh, it'll bind it that, and, so you uh, don't have to punch each page yeah, see, like each this. Each page has to be punched, punched manually. And, so yeah. they, they take many minutes on every book, and we right. got, you know, we got to actually print it and store thousands of books. Right. In yeah, all these different sense. languages yeah. and VBS, and, and we don't have a... I'm the only one there, Mary and I. Right. And, uh, you know, and the f pastors come in and our students come in. Uh, but we help uh, several hundred churches with VBS. Mm -hmm. And then we found an organization that helps the poor, the very poor. And we give a complete set of VBS to over a thousand churches. Oh, all wow. different denominations. Wow. Because we figure they're teaching about Jesus. Right. And uh, so we give a master set then to like over a thousand churches. And then wow. they're free to reproduce it for their own church. For their own, yeah. And so we're actually reaching, you know, tens of thousands right. of kids in several languages on several islands. So, uh, you know, but that's an area usually y'all don't even hear about our, quote, yeah. printing ministry. Because yeah. we focus on church planning, leadership training. But... Uh, we do a tremendous When I think about that, I think about, you know, printing ministry. I think about livelihood huh. projects, you know, because over here, you know, we, we, we do it differently. You know, we don't think that, oh, you got to go do this and you got to learn how to grow your own food, how you have to, to catch your own food, you know, whether it be fish or, you know, to have some kind of protein, to have some kind of meat, you're actually having to farm that, ranch that, right. learn how to do that. And so you guys, I know, have a lot of that. Um, you know, how, how is church planning going? Because I know... Uh, when you went over there, you know, was it 29 years ago? Very, very few churches. Um, and you said 100 churches now. Yeah. Um, I know, uh, I think you said 13 churches in the last year. Yeah. When, and, I first, when we first went there, uh, that was, uh, I believe you were in preschool then. I was in preschool. Uh, you I was, were, I'll you, admit it. Yeah, you were in preschool. I'll confess here. that. Yeah. <laughs> in, in fact, your, your mother was a teacher uh, here in our preschool. Uh, but. Uh, when we first went there, there was like 14 churches. Mm -hmm. And then every year we were excited, three or four churches. But it's, it's, it, it's, the ball's rolling. It's expanding. Right. It's getting right. bigger. Last year, there was 13 churches started mm -hmm. just since I was here on the stage a year ago. And now since I've been here two months, I think there's been two churches started while I've been on furlough. 
So <laughs> church awesome. planning doesn't center about me. Mm -hmm. In fact, uh, over half these churches I've never seen. And mm -hmm. I can't even go to it. It's not politically safe. Or right. maybe it's up in the mountains and I can't walk that far. Right. Uh, so I don't do the work. I just try to see that the work is done. I'm the, mm -hmm. uh, the equipper. I'm mm -hmm. the servant. And uh, a lot of times when I go to a church, it's not, oh, the missionary's coming. He's going to speak. Often I have the local pastor speak because I want to hear, does he have sermon preparation material, oh, yeah. outline, and do they start on time? Do they need equipment? Mm -hmm. No, you know, what we can do. And so my job isn't to do the ministry. My job is to help them do the ministry, mm -hmm. to equip them. And that's why uh, Vision for Mission has been like 34 years, mm -hmm. but only about 15 of it I've lived there. Mm -hmm. More times I've been in America directing it. Right. In fact, in a couple years, I hope to transition back here to America mm -hmm. in 219, but the mission's going to go on right. because it's not dependent on me. Right. Dependent right. on God, God and the local pastors. The pastors right. there are, are wonderful, but, you know, uh, I'm not sure, Eric, you'd want to move over there for a good salary. Mm -hmm. Most yeah. churches get, pay their pastor about $3 or 4 a week. A week, wow. That's why we do livelihood. Yeah. You can't feed yeah, a family right. and buy a sack of rice on $4 offering. Right. And so we teach them how to do container gardening and to raise pigs and chickens and quail. In the last uh, few months, I bought, I think, about six, 800 chickens. Mm -hmm. uh, we bought uh, two or 3,000 3, quail. Mm -hmm. And if I can help them make two or $3 a day, then they can lead that church. Mm -hmm. And so any church leader, we try to figure out, not give them money every month, but right. how can I help you become self-supporting? Right. And how can I help you? Everyone's different. Right. But everyone can have ministry. Well, and it goes back to that whole idea of equipping. Mm -hmm. I'm going to equip, you know, it's, it's our philosophy here for ministry here at Oakwood, you know, Ephesians 4, equip the saints for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. See, equipping and, isn't just religious. Right. We're helping them with jobs and living and, right. and any way we can so that well, when and, I leave, the church goes on. Right. And, and God has a scripture. I mean, he talks about it in the Bible. In John chapter 15, there's this expectation for Christians to grow, just like when Christians get together in an organization called the Bride of Christ, God's Church, there's an expectation for churches to grow, mm -hmm. to, to expand ministry, to reach more people, to train more people, and equip more people. And, uh, we talked about earlier this morning, John uh, chapter 15, um, when Jesus is in the upper room with the disciples, right in the middle there, he does some teaching. He talked about being the vine. This, I'm just going to read part of this, uh, starting with John 15, verse 1. I am the true vine. This is Jesus speaking. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. He goes on and he says that you need to abide. He says, abide in me and I in you. A branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, it is he who bear much, bears much fruit because apart from me you can do nothing. And then that next verse is kind of a scary verse. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. Yeah. And so it's like if we're not growing, if we're not useful to the kingdom of God, you know, uh, I mean, that's an illustration right there from Jesus that we have to abide in him, stay connected, grow ourselves so that we can grow others, so that the mission and the ministry is pushed forward. You know, the Bible teaches growth, but many people understand agriculture. Mm -hmm. 
and the whole creation is about growth. Right. If a pecan tree doesn't have pecans and, and trees are not being planted, it's going to all die. It's ending. In fact, uh, we had this registered goat. Uh, it was a boar goat. She was beautiful. She was friendly, and, and, and she had a brown head and all this stuff. And she didn't have babies. And so we fed her, and we gave her vitamin, and she didn't have babies. We ate her. <laughs> because she I'm, didn't not produce. Even, I'm not there right. to do it. I'm there to help produce and grow right. and, and help them have livelihood. Right. And that goat wasn't helping with the project. Right. They were just taking up space. Yeah. And God don't want space makers. He wants workers. Right. In fact, we have those papayas you saw in the picture. Yeah. Sometimes you got a papaya tree. It grows and beautiful, but it doesn't have any papaya. You cut right. it down. Right. Cut and down. so not just the Bible. Right. The agriculture, livestock, animals, you want quality. You want growth. You want to nurture so that it will reproduce and grow and God wants every member here to get in a small group, mm -hmm. to grow. Don't stay in the church the way you came in. Right. You come in here to change, right. to grow, to be what God. Right. And then God wants this church also to help start other churches. Right. God wants growth. And I, I think it's just everything. To, if you have start a business. Mm -hmm. You <laughs> if, want the business to grow. And the sales grow. are going right. down. Right. It's going to close. Right. You want everything to grow. Just right. look at Amazon. They yeah. want growth. <laughs> yeah, they, they sure do. And they, and they are growing. Well, you know, one, one of the things I wanted to ask is, you know, so many needs of your, your ministry. I think about the printing ministry. It's like you need to upgrade to digital there. Um, you know, you, you'd mentioned earlier that the computer, your computer that kind of runs everything crashed while you've been here. Yeah, you have ago. no idea what you're walking into when you get back. And so we know the needs of the ministry are great. But what what about, you know, what, what's kind of like your biggest thing? I know you've been talking about this property, and, and just to kind of plant some seeds here so you understand a little history. We've been trying to acquire property over there for, I think, probably eight years. Yes, 18 years. Yeah, yeah or even 18 years. And, and really, we thought a couple of times, just, you know, probably eight, nine years ago, we thought we had a property. It fell through. We, we had another property. It fell through. But you have an opportunity now. Would you talk about yeah. that? Yeah, right across the street from, uh, the, you'll see at the very first, uh, we have a short yeah, in that video. video. Yeah. The very first, you'll see a, a white house with red roof. That's where we do our Bible college, our library, our printing ministry. Also, Mary and I live in the corner. And that's our house. Mm -hmm. And right across the street are 13 lots. And uh, we're hoping to get these lots to, uh, to help the churches grow. Maybe we watch the video. Yeah, let's watch the and, video uh, there. If you would, just uh, watch the screens here. We're so glad uh, when we first got our original property where we have the college and our housing and uh, leadership training and our printing ministry and God has blessed it and we're using that and we're so glad now for this opportunity for this property to, as we can expand and, and we have about a hundred churches here on the island and uh, so we're hoping this will be a, a great meeting place, a training place for all the churches so we're thankful to get that. We also have another small property where the dormitory is for our Bible college. Uh, this property is located right across the street from where our main uh, campus building is at and has involved like 13 empty lots we're able to get that's all connected together. So it's an excellent location and it already has a complete fence around the whole property. Uh, we've lived here about seven years and we've rented this property for our agriculture training, sports and activities and events and we've now had the opportunity to uh, make a contract on this property and it will be uh, used for many different things. For uh, leadership training, we hope to have uh, some kind of gymnasium type building 
so we can have large groups because we don't have a place for that uh, presently. Uh, we also will use it for Bible College, uh, for them to have a place to learn about agriculture and what we do about being self-supporting uh, for that area. It'll be used for church camps, uh, for activities, conferences, conventions, and different things uh, that we can use for all the churches of Negros. Uh, presently, we're using the property for helping grow a lot of the food for our Bible college. Uh, we raise much of the food and the meat that, uh, that we use here at the school and uh, it's helped us lower our expenses for a Bible college, but not only has it helped us lower the cost, we're teaching the students how to do agriculture and as far as animals, quail, chickens, goats, and different things like that, plus the agriculture. So it's not just to help the school as far as food, but it's also a training place uh, outside the classroom to try to be self-supporting. Uh, most of the pastors after they leave here uh, have minimal church support, and so anything they can raise to help support their own family uh, will be a big help. And also they can then teach their church members about how to do container gardening, uh, organic gardening and food and uh, then the animals for their personal use, but also for sale. Uh, this property had already been subdivided into a subdivision and there is 13 different lots that has been measured and sized and boundaries and markers. And so we're hoping to find individuals or churches that will take on to buy one lot at a time so that we, have, since we've already made the down payment, then we can help pay for this land. So uh, we'd be glad to send anybody, uh, our churches or our individual persons, information about uh, the lots and some of the cost. We'd like to get this paid for in the next couple of years so then we can build the facilities uh, that we need in the future. If we get this, we can do meetings and training and really expand and hopefully help the kingdom of God grow in a great way. I, I say I kind of have a vision vision for that myself. I don't think we should wait two years. Oh, I, I, I think let's just let's just get it bought so you can start building yeah. on it and doing this because I'd like to I mean, like you said, church. Yeah, on. yeah, just church camp. I mean, alone, a lot of us, when we think church camp, we think, oh, it's that place we send our, our kids to oh, for one week every summer, and it's life-changing, it's great. We might go there for a retreat. I mean, he's talking about church camp all the time. He's talking about a training center, somewhere where these people from all these different communities all around the Philippine Islands would come here, that it would be a center uh, for education, for teaching you know, pastors and equipping uh, people in leadership in churches and you know, Sunday school teachers, Bible small college, group leaders, yeah. and then also the Bible college to educate, give them that theological education, you know, TEE type of stuff that would, would give them you know, the, the foundation they need to go on. So um, I, I know that, that you know, in watching that, you, you kind of have a vision that all this training and, and all this is really tying into this idea, and you, and you kind of mentioned it earlier, but I'd like for you to kind of go back there and touch on it again. What is your vision for churches by 2020? Okay. What, you know, what, what are you talking about? Church planning, churches having a baby. Uh, talk, talk about that a little bit more. Yeah, we, uh, you know, we're so glad to be where we're at. Mm -hmm. God is blessed, but God's not done with us yet. And, and I'm getting a little older. You're, you're not there, but... And people no, I was asking, in preschool, remember? Yeah, I was you're in preschool. preschool. Yeah. <laughs> so. uh, but, uh, you know, we're looking at, you know, eventually transitioning back here. Mm -hmm. But the work doesn't depend upon us. We want the work to grow and expand, and we have some momentum. And uh, so we have 100 churches, and we have an idea called double vision. Uh, this was something we heard about that term back in the 80s within our churches. And we're hoping to grow from 100 churches to 200 churches by 2020. Mm. 
2020, you wow. know, perfect vision. Right. So we want God's vision, mm -hmm. and we want to grow from 100 to 200 in the next three years. Right. It sounds impossible. I mean, you took it all these years to get these up to 100. 100 churches, Why yeah. do you expect? But, you know, if you can do it on your own strength, there's no faith involved. Right. Faith is doing what you have to have God Yeah, involved, to go beyond. Beyond what yeah. I can do. Yeah. And so by faith, and we're training and equipping and doing everything to trying to go from 100 churches to 200. Mm -hmm. And that's why we have the theme. You know, I'm from an agriculture background, but every church has a baby. Mm -hmm. And if every you church gotta reproduce. reproduces, gotta then we will be there. Mm -hmm. And now some might not catch the vision, right. but others have right. and will. And we will kind of fan the flames, and we're hoping that in 2020 of December, I can go back there, and we're going to buy a couple cows before, mm -hmm. raise them up, a bunch of pigs and chickens, and we're hoping to have the biggest celebration we've ever had, mm -hmm. hoping to have banners of people walking in representing the churches. Churches, wow. And we're hoping that with God's blessing and the fantastic workers we have there, that there'd be 200 churches by 2020. Man, that is that's, awesome. That's a matter of prayer. We, yeah. we can't do it, right. but God can. That's awesome. Yeah. Amen. That vision. You know, I, I always, when you, when you come back, you talk, and you tell these stories, you know, I know that um, many of them here probably know the story about when you got shot a few years ago. Yeah. Um, some, of them may, some of them may not, but you, you've, you've had some supernatural uh, things happen, and I know your heart just just really uh, bleeds for the Philippines for the work that you've been doing. Obviously, you've been called there, uh, been mo you know spent most of your your life living over there, uh, you know boots on the ground doing that kind of stuff. It comes down to it, like us sitting here. How can we help? You know, and, and I'm going to start by that because I know one way that we can help, and then I'll, I'll let you uh, talk a little bit more about that. But I know that there's these 13 lots. Um, and you shared with me earlier that our missions committee actually bought the biggest and most expensive lot already. And how we were able to do that as a church is through your offerings. What you give in the plate every week toward offering, there's a portion of that that goes to missions. And so we had accrued that money, they had the money, and when Paul brought this forward, so we already are taking a part in that just by you giving your weekly offering. Um, but, you know, it's like I said, I don't want to wait two years to purchase a lot. It's like, let's just, you know, get you the funds. Let's, let's get it. And, and I know that you have this little... Um, They're back, this, there, back there on yeah, the Yeah, this vision for missions. It's a bookmark, uh, but it's a picture. And it's got pictures of the ministry on one side. But on the other side, it's got a map, and it, and it talks about the 13 lots because they're different sizes and dimensions. A lot of them are the same, but there's a few that are different. But, you know, some of you, I think maybe you could buy a lot. Maybe your small group could, could buy a lot, or, or, or maybe your Sunday school class. Mm -hmm. You know, some people that, that you could all fund, put your money together and, and do this. And, you know, every year at Christmas here at Oakwood, we kind of have a tradition, is that we like to give, give outside the walls to different projects and to bless people um, in the name of Jesus. You know, it's such a time of celebration. And, and so we want to be generous. And so uh, what we're doing this year is we're actually doing two Christmas projects. The first one, our local one, is Angel Tree. Uh, but f beyond Angel Tree, we're wanting to buy lots um, oh, wow. for, for the Philippines. And so that's what we're going to be putting our resources uh, toward for the next couple of months. Um, beyond, you know, obviously a financial undergirding and that kind of support, being able to help you accomplish these things, what else could we do as, as just the Christian that's here in the church Sitting here, what else would you would you want us to do? We need prayer. I mean, 
it's not dependent on us. Mm-hmm. God has to help us. And uh, every day you get up, do I travel to this church in the mountains? What time do I leave? Is it safe? Is the MPA there? You know. And then when you get there, what are you going to eat? Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the things they give you to eat uh, are, are different. Uh, you know, dried fish and rice. Oh, rice all the time. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but we need God's wisdom in mm-hmm. knowing what to do. Uh, James talks about if a man lacks wisdom, let him pray. And that's what every person can do. Take this bookmark. Put it on your refrigerator. When you see it, pray for Mary. Pray for me. And we got to have wisdom on what to eat, what mm-hmm. to drink, where to go, where to travel, mm-hmm. uh, how to train leaders. But there's hundreds of pastors, and they will have a death, and they say, oh, let's go to Paul and help with the funeral. And you, you hate to say no. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, we have to say no. But sometimes we say yes. we got to have God's help. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes people view us as a missionary as welfare agency, hand mm-hmm. out money, mm-hmm. and give things. And we, we most often have to say no. And then they get discouraged. We're not an ATM machine. Mm-hmm. We're there to help them within their culture mm-hmm. and do their own thing. And so we got to have wisdom. Mm-hmm. You know, do we help them with this project or we say no or this medical or this, these clothes? I mean, so many things. There's on that one island, it's like... Six counties here. Mm-hmm. In other words, the counties up here to the Kansas and down Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. The island's small, but it's three and a half million people. Wow. And I'm yeah, one. And Mary's one. Right. And we can't say yes to all the needs of Negroes. Right. But we have to say, God, give us wisdom mm-hmm. to use the resources that we have or the encouragement that we can give. Mm-hmm. And so the greatest thing you can do is to pray and say, Help Paul and Mary today mm-hmm. and where they're going, what they're eating, what they're doing. I told one time kids, we need to pray for God protect you from bugs and bullets. Bugs and bullets. <laughs> bugs <laughs> and bullets. And uh, as most of you know, I was shot through both legs. And uh, so we need safety. Mm-hmm. But also, I've been in the hospital twice from dengue fever. Yeah. And that's very, very serious. And there's four kinds of mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. And I've had two of them. <laughs> oh. So I hope those other two are on the other side of the island. Uh, but, uh, but we need prayers. Yeah. Uh, just daily, what do I do to train, to encourage, to help? Mm-hmm. And I'm not out in front. I'm just trying to be behind the scenes to just make sure it's done. So right. we, we, need, we need prayer. Yeah. Well, we definitely want to do that. I, I just kind of want to, um, you know, end, end with, with this thought is that, you know, how much we appreciate as a church, people like you and Mary, they're willing to answer that call. To, to go around the world, to give up the lifestyle, the comforts of the United States and all that we have to offer here. I mean, you know, it's Veterans Day weekend, and, and it often makes me re- reflect, especially right before Thanksgiving, on how good we have it here. Oh. You know, we think we're having a bad day. I mean, you get on Facebook and you see some people, oh, it's the worst thing in the world. I'm like, really? You know, you're, you, you've got your health for the most yeah. part. You, you, you have a roof over your head. You've got clean water. You've got, you know, food you got, on the table. You have water. You have clothes. Yeah, you even have water. And it's just like to get a little perspective of, of somebody that will go around the world and say, you know, all of the comforts and all that, I'm going to go become uncomfortable for the sake of the gospel. And then to look, you know, 100 churches, 
been over there 29 years, just to see how God has used that ministry. And again, I just want to say how I appreciate your heart for the church and for church planning because that is what is going to go on beyond how long you and Mary are going to be there. Vision for missions is like that. those local bodies of believers, just like this local body of believers, is reaching out to their community, edifying and educating and raising up the saved ones, the saints, to do the works of ministry, to see the gospel expand, I think is a total uh, ministry philosophy that we're not being enablers like you were talking about. Who do I give to and who do I not? It's not we're enabling them. We're empowering them to being responsible because that's what God desires. And then to take that responsibility once you become a believer to a whole nother level, yeah. that you'd be re- responsible for sharing that gospel message with others. And, and we really appreciate that. So just to end our time this morning, I'd like Mary uh, to come up here. Is Mary here? Mary's, Mary's kind of like Amy. She doesn't like to be on stage, so we'll embarrass her fully here and have her come up. Um, but I just want to pray, uh, pray for you all um, in, in your work that it continues, that God would continue to bless it. Well, we, and, just, we just want to thank the church for giving us the chance mm-hmm. to serve over there. We, we love it over there, and God's doing great things, but we couldn't be there without you. It's a team effort, and thank you for letting us be your missionary. We thank you for answering that call. Let's, let's pray for them right now. Would you bow with me? Lord God, we just thank you for the opportunity we have this morning to gather in your name to worship you. And God, we just want to lift up Paul and Mary to you. Paul said just, just a few minutes ago that one of the greatest things that we can do to support and undergird this ministry is to call upon you in prayer. And God, we, we, we know that he has seen so much supernatural happen because of the prayers of your saints, not only here at Oakwood, but other churches that support him and around the world, God. He has seen your hand at work. He has been in situations where you have spared his life. He's been in situations where you have given him wisdom. But Lord, it's a challenging time where the political climate changing so much over there. Where, where you know, 30 years ago as an American walking over there, you're so valued and looked up to, and now it's kind of you're estranged. And this turn toward uh, more Eastern thought than Western thought, and more toward communism and having the new leader that they have that our president is actually meeting with today, um, God, it's just amazing how all of this is connected. And God, you have used Paul and Mary in, in awesome and mighty ways for your kingdom's work for so many years. And God, we just pray that that would continue and pray that you would continue to guide them and give them not, uh, not only your wisdom, Lord, but give them safety. God, I pray you give them safety as they travel. I pray you give them discernment to discern the situations and the circumstances that they're in, that, Lord, it can, it can truly bring about your desired end result, that there will be many more lives in the kingdom of heaven because of the work that they've done there. And God, for us as a church, I pray that we'd feel this challenge to, to help fund the mission of, of their ministry. I pray we'd feel this challenge to um, answer the call to be a prayer warrior for them, to remember them in our prayers. And God, coming into this season of, of Thanksgiving and, and, then, and then beyond that Christmas where we celebrate uh, the birth of the Savior of the world, God, may this be a season where we look inside ourselves and say, God, what do you want us to do? How can we undergird and support this, this missionary couple in, the, in, their, in their ministry? God, thank you for their hearts. Thank you for their willingness to serve in this capacity for so many years. And just pray, God, uh, give them just your strength and endurance uh, for the days and the weeks ahead. And God, just I pray you be with them as they return just, just in two and a half weeks. They'll be here for Thanksgiving and then they're heading back before Christmas. And God, I just pray 
that you just stir in their hearts this, this level of anticipation and excitement and vision, um, God, that, that, that truly we could see 200 churches on an island in the Philippines making a difference uh, for your kingdom's work. God, we ask all your blessings in the powerful in the name of Jesus, and we pray it in his name. Amen. 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 Thank you for being here, sharing with us.